On this podcast, two young travelers, Alex Dethrow and Jesse Lanier, will be going on a journey to find the greatest cinematic treasures. Each week, they spin the wheel of fate and allow destiny to decide whether the next few hours will be filled with genius and wonder or boredom and mediocrity. Our heroes hope to unbury hidden gems and share the discoveries with the world through humble conversations and maybe, if they're lucky, better themselves along the way. So welcome, one and all, to The Movie Quest. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Booty Quest. Uh, this is episode... I don't really know anymore. It's 16. I'm a tracker. <laughs> okay, 16. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, 16. And this week was my pick. Last week was uh, the classic South Korean um, Park Chung-wook film, Old Boy, which was, was just released in theaters. Um, and I got to see it in Jesse couldn't go see it in How did you watch Old Boy? Well, oh, I, was uh, I had to find <laughs> digital <laughs> means. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I have yeah, my sources, we'll it, say. Yeah. yeah. It was difficult. It was difficult. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Not <laughs> um, for long, though, thank God. Um, but yeah, so we talked about Old Boy, which was fucking awesome and great. I'm so happy I went and saw that in theaters. It was fucking incredible um great movie for theaters and fantastic movie if you haven't seen it watch old boy watch old boy and then get on a podcast and talk talk to us about it yeah you can't you you we won't respond to you you can talk to us if you want but we won't we won't respond but you can listen to us say things about (laughs) and you can maybe one day you can listen to it if you really care you could practice And like listen to it and then practicing and then you could kind of do a right. back and forth yeah. like that, like a script. Write us an angry email what we think of old boy. Yeah, yeah. Get mad. Yeah, get mad. Um find me on Instagram. Send me a death threat. You know, anything <laughs> you want. <laughs> death threat at Alex. We don't death want row. old boy though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he also getting a threat about like I hated old boy. I can't believe you liked old boy. One of the most beloved movies in the twenty first century. You guys support <laughs> incest. I can't believe it. Disgusting. Yeah, yeah. dude. Oh my god. I'm so, I don't think I've ever seen. I'm surprised I ever saw like. I'm sure there was. But when, like, it was getting re-released in theaters, there was, like, actual, like, discourse. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. There were, like, articles written about that. Yeah, it seems like a... Probably uh, not, fucking ridiculous because it's a 20-year-old movie. Yeah, but if old, if old Boy came out today, that would definitely be a Twitter bonfire for sure. For sure, yeah, for sure. Maybe. I it's think so, it would be. It is so good it, that sometimes... That's the thing. It's, like, it's like not, like, exploitive <laughs> in, any, in any way. It's fucked up. It's a horror movie. Part of it's a horror movie. It's a thriller. Yeah. You know? <laughs> a thriller. Um, if, if, you don't, if you don't like that, I mean, like, what about the rape scene of fucking girl with the dragon tattoo? Are you fucking okay with that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's a fucking brutal fucking scene. Yeah, I anyway, that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can, can I... 
Wow, what a little crow. Uh, <laughs> today, we're going to talk about well, another kind of messed up movie. Yeah. Um, uh, anime film from 1997 mm-hmm. called Perfect Blue. Um, and it was directed by Satoshi Kong. Yeah, I, I think it's Satoshi. I think it's Satoshi Kong. Kong. Yeah, Kong? Cone? Cone? Yeah. Cone? I don't know. Cone, 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 Trust me, when you get to season eight, episode four hundred sixty-two, you're gonna like it. Yeah, so like, oh boy, when I when I love to watch Neo Genesis and Gungeleon, yes. When I like to watch Attack on Titan, yes. And I probably will one day. But as of now, I'm very much a a noob to anime. Yeah. To just like, which is wild because I love. Japanese culture, and I love Japanese movies, and this anime is something that, like, you know, I've seen, you know, Ghibli movies, I've seen, like, Akira, I've seen, like, you know, I've seen a good amount of films, but this was on my watch list because I know that it's considered a classic anime film from the, from the late 90s, and it's also, like, I've seen lists where, like, I think IndieWire, I think last year, they like the best 200 movies of the 90s, and this was really high on it. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I'm also a big Garrett Aronofsky fan. I can't remember if, I don't know where I saw it, but I know, like, he, like, owns the rights to this movie or something like that, or, um, and I know that this movie has, like, influenced, like, a lot of his work. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think that's how I just, like, have heard about it. I've heard um, it through the grapevine too that he's a very big fan of the movie, at least. And yeah. I will, and I will get into it because it's pretty. It's actually pretty interesting. There's a lot more because, mm-hmm. uh, like, I. It's interesting, like how much this movie kind of like bleeds into a lot of the the work that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, two films in particular, but. Um, yeah, so I wanted to ask you. So this is so this is directed by a, a pretty well known yes guy, right? Anime guy. Cool. Yes, yes. He's so Satoshi Kon is has an interesting career. He's not well. He's he got started working with the guy who made Akira, whose name escapes me. Okay. I think his name is Otomo. Um, but so Akira was crazy insane. movie, yeah. crazy insane. Yeah movie right. and satoshi Kon worked with him and he started as a mangaka manga a manga creator and um he kind of got known for just having crazy drawing skills he is an absurd artist highly yeah. highly technical one of those guys who can draw anything that he wants right. to um yeah. and this was his foray sort of into movie directing and then he he did this and then it was uh 
I, looking at the history of this movie, it was not supposed to be a hit. It was supposed to be basically a direct-to-video to type of deal. I also it, read that it was conceived as a live-action movie. Yes, I saw that too, which is really interesting. Yeah. So this was set up for like a beginning filmmaker who kind of had some star power attached to him because of Akira right. and was going to make right. a movie that was supposed to kind of just disappear. But it was so good that it yeah. start, it won like film things and stuff and that's like toy story 2 yeah <laughs> uh but he so so he's he's kind of known and you can see in his movies that he has uh a really crazy directorial vision and a yeah, really high sure. capacity for bringing yeah. quality and beefing up his crazy ideas he also made paprika right yes he made paprika well um, oh and what's the other one another film. tokyo godfather's and the other really wacky one there's another i swear there's well, one more. The actress? yes that's the other one that's okay, really yeah, it's paprika and millennium actress oh, God, are, 46. and that's yeah, the other hell. that's the other tragedy about him he, he got cancer and he died he died young Bacha. um so he was one of those guys who was just extremely extremely talented had a had a yeah. short life, but a really fucking full career. Um, yeah, and highly four, wrote four four movies, highly respected um, films. Cool. Uh, okay, sweet. Um, yeah. So I I thought this was awesome. Yeah, I mean I thought this was fucking cool shit. Um, and like fascinating to watch now because there's a lot of um, you know, like core, like there was like a hesitation, like. I mean, I, I obviously thought this movie was, like, fucking great, but, like, there's so many movies like this now, you know, like, that are kind of, like, you know, movies about stars, actors, yeah. musicians yeah. that are crumbling under the pressure or the corruption or the, you know, yes. um, uh, of fame. Uh, most, most notably, I'll just say this, like, right off the bat, this was wild to watch after like loving black swan yeah but I've, I've seen black swan like four or five times i i still love that movie it's wild that gary Oshie has said that he was not inspired by perfect blue when he made uh black swan yeah that's I, fucking crazy yeah and he needs to be in jail <laughs> What a liar! I don't know why he said that. Um, especially, especially because like he said before that he was so into Perfect Blue, like he's obsessed yeah, with that movie. And then a requiem for a groom who made a there's a direct reference to Perfect Blue in that movie. Right. And there's also actually I would say more references to Perfect Blue in Black Swan, most notably like the ending of it. Um, and I'm not saying Black Swan's still a fucking phenomenal movie. And I'm not saying like this ruined my enjoyment of, of Black Swan. Black Swan has a completely different story, but it's like the ideas of it. Um, and Black Swan is not as surreal and as kind of like psychological, like um, as this movie. This movie like is definitely more surreal and um, out there than yeah. Black Swan. Black Swan's more like you know grounded. But it definitely has surreal elements. It's definitely like very similar movie. And I just thought it was weird that he was like, no. Yeah. Like, what, are you, just, what are you talking about? Just say yes. Like, <laughs> just say yes. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. silly. Uh, um, anyway. I, I agree. But, that's, yeah, that is so strange. That being said, like, there's so many movies like this that, like, 
watching this, I was like, wow, this is cool. But I wasn't like, like, I'm glad that I saw this, like, really, like, saw this, I like, really, really liked it. But, like, I was like, I had loved stories like this, like, so mm-hmm. much. Like, if there's any movie about, you know, like, a pop star or a crumbler, you know, some kind of, anything about, like, fame and, like, the distresses of fame and, and the, I just, it was really fascinating to me. Um, also, like, I was thinking about another Aronofsky film called, uh, The Wrestler. And that has, like, some, um, like, parallels to Perfect Blue also. Yeah. Um, so it's funny that, like, this movie's, like, run throughout his whole career. And you're like, yeah, I can see, I can see where he, where he got connections like that. Yeah, for um, sure. But, yeah, I mean, this was fucking cool shit. I loved... Like, I think really what won me over is the last, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, it's The last wild. 15 minutes of this movie is incredible and absolutely awesome. And the rest of it is also great. Um, so, yeah, I really like Have you seen this before? Yeah, so I'm really, I'm really glad you liked it. Um, yeah, it's awesome. This, this movie, uh, I saw this in high school, and it was one of those movies where uh, I had watched a lot of anime before that because I just really mm-hmm. loved animation. I watched a, a lot of... I'm a weep. Uh, yeah, I've been a weep for a long time. <laughs> uh, but Perfect Blue was when I kind of realized that there was other anime movies of right. really high quality that wasn't that Ghibli was films. With like, yeah, that was kind of me with uh, Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah. Wow. Which yeah. fucked me up for years. <laughs> That's a brutal still, movie. I'll never see a friend from that movie. It fucked me up so bad. Yeah, that movie's brutal. What a good film, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Perfect Perfect Blue has always been one that has stuck with me, Um, both because yeah. it's good, but also that. because uh, this movie just makes my insides kind of churn. Yeah. It really, yeah, really yeah. bothers me, specifically like that that first half where we're seeing uh the, the sexual Stalker. abuse that she yeah. goes through. Oh yeah, uh, sure. oh, uh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. like for Ugh. me, like the the movie having this the 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 rape scene movie shoot is brutal for me. Oh, oh uh, when she shoots the per, the porno, does the porno shoot, that also Terrible. is brutal just such a brutal yeah. experience for me to watch so this this i've always been really really effective not in in a way that's almost like do i not like this movie because it's so painful oh, really? to experience I, yeah, I don't know maybe i was just like in a certain mood it didn't like it didn't like get under my skin like that yeah um it really, i mean i was disturbed yeah obviously but um yeah i wasn't List that I could find. There is a movie that this reminded me so much of. Yeah. Like, not just in, like, but, like, there's a movie that is, like, so similar about, like, the exploitation of, like, an actress, like, going, you know, the sexual abuse uh, and, like, all that. And I could not. Is it live, fucking... live action or animated? Yes. Live action. Yeah, I, 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 I can almost summon it because you're right. Like, I feel like I've seen a version of this before, you know? Uh, and I mean, it's like, it's a common story because it really happens a lot. Like, shit like well, this that's happens that all I the was time. Really, actually, like, really into this movie because kind of weirdly, I mean, at the time it was happening, obviously, to pop stars. Um, 
you could just get like ninety for you could probably more so could today but it still happens today where you know agents study agents and, and people are, are like all right well her album's not selling well let's try to make her an actress yeah right? yeah yeah and, and, and try to you know exploit her more and more ways you know that that we can right yeah they uh you know shoot like a porno playboy thing you know and like using her looks right um to, for exploitation and that still happens to this day you know um and even like you know it's that, that part of the movie like, i think was the most you're right i think the most disturbing part of it um was kind of just like how accurate you know um that that is and it, it reminds you of how this fucked up you know entertainment industry can be yeah right? um and um, but I also thought it was interesting that, like, <laughs> one of the things that made me laugh really hard is this is in 1997, so the, compu- the computers and the, and the internet are new. Yeah. And there's a scene where they, like, she opens her computer and like, it's called the World Wide Web. It's yeah. on the computer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, wow, that's funny. But then it turns into, like, this was creepy as fuck. Because she finds that there's this website that the stalker, who right. I thought was so creepy. Yeah. He disturbed the hell out of me. Very. The way he was drawn. Very disturbing. The way that he was just fucking weird. Um, and, but yeah, how, but you think about even that, and like, even more so to today when you think about social media and how these stars, especially like, young women i'm thinking about like people like i don't know janet ortega for example is a young attractive actress who's just you know getting bombarded by you know there's stalkers there's you know tabloids all this shit yeah. and it, like mirrors that right or yeah. like this um this obsession with your everyday life yeah, right? yeah and yeah. taylor swift this reminded me Taylor Swift, who I don't think I really like her. <laughs> but, any, <laughs> but anyway, she, I saw this insane article. This has nothing really to do with her, but it's a, it was a Variety article, and they said that, I think it's Variety, they're looking for a, this is a job that they're looking for, a Taylor Swift, like, person that will only see will be responsible for writing, covering everything about Taylor Swift. Wow. Like, that's somebody's job. Like, one job could follow one person. That's crazy. Yeah. And then to think... Isn't that absurd? And then every single article, every single, like, franchise that has an article has one person doing that job, doing the Taylor Swift job. Right. But I've never even heard of that before. I've yeah, never that's, been like, that's hey, absurd. We're looking for a, a Taylor superfan who knows everything about her. And so you think they make content around her because she's so, you know, obviously so huge. Right. You know? I was like, Dude. I mean, you think about her, right? You think yeah. about her mental health in that state. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. that, that, you know what I mean? Yeah, dog. That, that's what this movie reminded me of, right? It's like, sure, it's an extreme version of that, but the themes of it yeah. are still so I mean, I mean, you bring, true, up Taylor, you, know? you bring up Taylor Swift and, like, what you see in Perfect Blue, um... Uh, maybe not so much the the abuse that goes on, but the fan obsession with Taylor Swift. Because I don't know, I don't know Taylor's story. Right. But like, 
the obsession with that that degree like it's probably crazier than what we see like the fan obsession with taylor swift compared to what we see in perfect blue Uh, which is which is really crazy to think about because that that means that certainly that a large majority of them are fucking crazy really crazy weird (laughs) yeah perverted yeah have websites about you know what i mean yeah um and so I, i just think that this this really hit a lot harder now because it's like social media that like these things are even like magnified even more. Yeah, right? yeah, very like, true. These stars and things like that are even under more of the microscope than they were in nineteen ninety seven, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. And um, yeah. So I love all the the soccer stuff. I also wanted to ask you because like I love how this movie was like structured i mm-hmm. thought it was like really really cool and then like by the end like the last like act of this movie i was like fully fucking in i yeah. was like this is a awesome 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 movie um and also it's one of my favorite genres psychological thriller i mean fucking yeah give me that um and this was totally that i mean like the blurring of fantasy and reality what's real what's not you know, um, and it's done so well in this movie. Like, by the end, you're kind of like, I don't really know what I just watched. Yeah. Were there two, were there two, uh, what's her name? Uh, Mira, right? Uh, and, yeah, uh, I think it's Mima. M-I-M-A. Yeah. Yeah. Like, are there two Mimas? I have no idea. Yeah. You know, probably not. Uh, but, you know, there's, I just love how he's so expert and I know like just reading about Paprika it's like almost like an, an extension of that or it's like even more surreal more crazy um but and I actually I really want to watch Paprika now because I saw this and I'm like wow he's so good at you know creating like what makes psychological thrillers like this so great yeah. you know um yeah it's it's it really gets you in the mindset of the character it, you know? it's it's one of the things so w- when i saw it again this time with my experience and my history of kind of watching stuff i could really recognize the brilliance of this film and kind of yeah, the, totally, yeah. the the genius that he brought to this because right. um like all of that stuff he was doing was really revolutionary i think especially for the fact because well, Psycholog- I would assume for animation yeah. also. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, what kind of fucking animated movies could shit like this? And also, know, there's not really a lot of psychological thriller anime movies. It's not a genre that's done I also, I also read. All. I also read that, not just like, even in Japan, that, that wasn't even a genre that was even really explore it like at all right like, a lot of too. Like right wasn't. so i i think that some of that is that he studied a lot of like american cinema like along I'm along sure, yeah. along yeah, those I'm lines sure. but to a certain degree it was just him kind of inventing shit and it working right. just at, as good as it does in that film so right. like the blending of reality is kind of the theme of his career and he's he's really good yeah. at it um and what's cool about um and the thing about like his work that it's kind of a weird factor about it that always is affecting to me and kind of like this unpleasant way that I can tell <laughs> is because it's genius <laughs> because it's so destabilizing and the way he like right. switches things up. And I remember that yeah. Paprika, 
Paprika is more familiar because I, I know dream language, but I remember Millennium Actress being one of those films that it really just feels like an acid trip. So it's like the reality, it's like you can tell the reality exists, yeah. but you don't know where it is. You can't pin it down oh, cool. ever. Um, so it's a, it's a really phenomenal uh, experience to go through with both of those films. And this it's really oh, cool yeah. to see him start blending that. Like, this is extremely well done. I was, I was blown yeah. away by the second half of this movie, and especially by the transition into, like, that right. reality, like, bending yeah, stuff. Yeah, keeps, like, waking up, you know, and the... I thought the, that was... The, the, pace, the pace and the structure of it. You would think something like that would get tired. Yeah. Right? Where he is basically... For a, I don't she isn't, I, but like the in the rock said, like it's like waking up from a dream, right? Over and over again. It's like that trope. Yeah. Like, 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 that was a dream. That was all a dream, right. man. But it happens like four times in a row, and you would think that it would get tired, but he he is. I was surprised every time. Yeah. Was, you know what I mean? Like it's like really it's pretty well done which which well, that's hard to do that's man. why i think his work disturbs me so much because it really it undermines my as someone who feels like they know how to watch movies when i get like despised <laughs> and destabilized like that i'm like holy i'm so i'm so thrown off yeah. of my own experience yeah. but I, I i love it i really love it and you're right it's amazing that him using those techniques which are so so easily gimmicky um they really right. perfect blue really does not feel like that because it just like it just gets so much deeper than that um the other thing i noticed yeah, uh, on right. like this idea of reality versus non-reality the other layer to it that i thought was really brilliant in this film was adding in the pseudo reality of the the tv show that she's shooting and how it parallels mm, the phenomenon yeah, going on in that so yeah. there's like not just two that, realities that was my favorite part of there's the, like fucking there's three i know i i don't remember that at all the first time i saw it but yeah. that was like i thought that was genius this time so how that, that was weird. i don't want to who's the wrestler no, I haven't seen it. I wish I had. There's a moment in the wrestler that's like one of my favorite moments in like any movie. I don't know why. It's so small, but when I saw it when I was in high school, it's just like impacted me so well. But there's a moment. Oh, well, it's not really a spoiler, but so like the, the main character um, is like an ex, you know, uh, wrestler, like WWE wrestler, and he's yeah. like now he's like doing like underground, like, yeah, like. He's performing in gyms for like gotcha. 40 people. You know? Gotcha. Um, and there's a moment where he has to start working in a meat packing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He has to work in a supermarket because he has no money. Yeah. And there's a moment where, like, and he's so ashamed because he's like a star. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And he, there's a moment where he's like, it's a one take of him walking through the supermarket and he's hearing the crowd. Like, he's hearing the crowd, oh, yeah. like, chant his name, you know? And, like, and then when he walks out, it just completely stops, you know? Um, and there's something that reminded me of, like, the last, like, moments of the movie when, like, the pop star mirror, like, jumps in front of the, the, uh... Oh, the truck? The, that was my favorite moment in the fucking movie. Because it's, like, that shit... Well, first of all, you think the lights are, like, spotlights, right? Yeah. And she's, like... But... It, and then you realize it's a truck, it's like this, that, like, colliding of just, like, tones and feelings and this, like, sacrificial thing that she was doing, but also, I don't know, it was such a 
can't explain. It was just like I know so what you mean. I know what you mean. Palpable and crazy. Um, that's and what cool. and I think I love. Yeah, I love the the Kulusa stuff. I thought that was like really, really, really cool. It's just like added another. You're right. Like destabilizer you know like you never know what is really happening yeah and in a moment a moment like that is a good example where there's there's a lot of things like that and hopefully other examples of this will come up as we talk about it but it's like these highly symbolic like compositions compositions or theme or something that Mm -hmm. um represents many many layers of things which i i Mm -hmm. really like it when a film presents something like that and it's actually deep and not just someone just trying to make yeah. something deep. Uh, but well, th- what's, what's impressive too about it is like you have like these surreal, you know, metaphorical, you know, destabilizing uh, things. The, the important part of it is that you're with uh, the main character. Yeah. Like you are like with her psychologically you know like you're you almost feel like you're experiencing the psychological almost like torment and trauma with her yeah. you know um and like i think some movies that try to do this this is why it's like nearly impossible um is that you could do it as like observational right mm-hmm. instead of like actually like like Relating to the character, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. you, you actually you feel like you were in her head, right? Yeah, and like, you, like the way that she's experiencing, you know, this push, this pull, you know, this split duality thing that's going on with like a ghost of her past self and her dealing with like the career path she's going on, but also the stalker and all these like pressures that's like crumbling out of her that ultimately makes her kill people you yeah. know it's like a murderer but you believe it right because it's like it's so it's so good at like that rape scene for example i hate to bring that up but it's it's terrible like it's absolutely horrible and i've never seen something like that in an animated film oh yeah uh, that is truly a horrific scene um but because it's so effective you're with her you know what I mean? Like you're like you're with her immediately. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and there's no because it's so horrific and you hate to see this poor girl go through that. It's like, okay, well you're instantly on her side. You're instantly with her, you know, like her psychological journey that right. she goes on throughout the whole movie. You know? Right, right, yeah. And the the contrast, uh, and thinking how a similar story is approached in a contrasting way. I'm thinking about how Babylon takes a similar story, a rise to fame of a star, but it takes a lot of different, it goes from a oh, lot yeah. of different perspectives. Yeah. Babylon, but, yeah. Um, this, yeah. <laughs> uh, but this movie takes a different approach of really sticking to Mima's perspective. Like it's really yes, what yes, she sees yeah. and only what she sees, right. which makes yeah. you, which makes, I agree. It makes the emotional connection to her really intense and it makes it feel really claustrophobic too, for me. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. Like, this well, is all how we she's get. Feeling. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's literally like, it's so perfect. Like, at how it constructs like her feeling and, and puts you in the shoes of this character. Yeah. That's another thing that, that, that I love about Black Swan. Where Black Swan, 
is this movie that is similar to Purple Blue in that sense, where it's not a character. It's a truly, like, everything we see is through Natalie Portman's eyes in that movie. You know, like, it's her subjective view, you know? Um, and, um, and, but even that film's about, like, you know, even the last shot of that movie, of Black Swan, like, mirrors the, one of the last shots right. in Perfect Blue, and she's, like, on the, on the stage and the spotlights come on her after she just killed fucking Mila Kunis's, um, <laughs> but also Mila Kunis's character is, like, the, the pop star, you know, counterpart, you know, yeah. um, like, that's what, it's absurd, but I, I, I read that and I was just mad. Yeah. After a while, I was like, what the hell? But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, but that movie does that really well, too, where it's like, it really does make you destabilize with Natalie Portman's character. Um, and also, like, the, all the characters around her, too, are so perfectly, like, voice acted. Yes. Know? And, like, all, like, the... Her agent, the screenwriter, they're all, they all suck. Like, you hear the voices, you're like, these people are awful, you know? And even her mom, who's, like, a fascinating character, um, because, like, how she was kind of, um, feeding into it a little bit, you know, until she breaks down at the end, right, when she watches, you know, I think she watches the rape scene, right? Yeah. Being filmed. Uh, oh, terrible, oh! But... Are you talking about Rumi, the her other agent, the the female agent with the really wide set eyes? Or are you... oh, I thought that was her mother. No, no. So there's 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 a, there is a mother character who's on the phone, but she she was her pop she was her pop idol agent who right. kind of stayed with her in her transition. So she has two agents. She has the man who's a Yeah, she she comes and <laughs> she comes and sticks with him. And did you get that she was actually the killer by the end? Yes. Yes. I did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to ask you about that cuz like, well, I had an England England cuz of the eyes. So Yeah. It, um, yeah. It, it's it's a bit I of I was like, I don't know if this is <laughs> Like an animation thing, you know? Like it's hard to that that was actually an interesting experience I had. I'm like, is that the character? Because the only difference really is the is the eyes, mm-hmm. kinda. You know, you're like, okay, was that? You know, but I guess that adds to it. You know, the adds to the psychological. You know, like blending of these two people that you don't really know who's who. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was gonna ask you that. Like, is is that what was supposed to be <laughs> interpreted about that moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so her character is a really fascinating character. Um, and I, I think my interpretation, if we're talking about the, to break down the events of the movie, if we're going to transition into that, the, the events of yeah. like the really brain fucky, because like, in addition, I think probably what makes this, I haven't seen Black Swan, but what makes this different than Black Swan is also oh, the, the, the connection of, uh, no, what's my problem, but the, also the connection <sighs> of, uh, the, the, the psychological, like, um, crime thing going on yes, in the background yeah, of like, yeah, who's the, yeah. who's the killer, essentially. The, the, the crumbling. Yeah. Well, Black Swan, well, yeah, Black Swan doesn't have like a, 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 a killer in it. 
Um, it's more about just like, except the ballet world, it's more about like the psychological torment of her being a, a, a ballet. Right. And basically dealing with like her oppressive coats and like and things like that. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but yeah, so yeah, there's no word or plot. So, that, so, that so sort of explain my interpretation of what happens in the, what the story behind the crimes going on in this movie yeah. of what's actually happening is that. So Mima starts seeing visions of the real Mima, the idolized version of herself, right. who's kind of shitty right. to her, <laughs> uh, who yeah. who, is, who yeah. stays as the pop as the pop idol, and uh-huh. um, there's also the the stalker guy, and what ends up happening in the end is that Rumi, who I think is the pop idol agent of hers who used right. to be a pop idol. She used to be a pop idol and she got old. She aged out of the career mm-hmm. and, right, right, right. and she wanted to live through Mima as, you know, she was living through Mima as, as living her dream as being a pop idol, like being young and being a pop idol again. Mm-hmm. And what happened is that she developed a delusion that she was, uh, she was Mima essentially. And that, and when Mima yeah. quit the job, she decided that she was the real Mima who stayed as a pop idol and that eventually she needed to go through this confusing thing. And so she started killing all the people who were affecting Mima's image and killing people. And she wanted to end by killing, getting rid of Mima herself so that then she could kind of take her place. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. But there's also uh, blendings (laughs) because because she does shit that's not humanly possible. Like, sure, her physical, like in that awesome chase scene in the end where she's jumping around and stuff, it's like, what's what's real? There's a real... Yeah, it's like, yeah, is this this like a ghost? Is this like a... You know, what is it? What's going on here? I, one of my favorite moments in the movie is when she's chasing after her and you have the idolized, you know, her, her cute outfit <laughs> and she's bouncing along. And then and in the mirror, you see, you see her like huffing and like sweating yeah. and like brutal. It's, like, it's yeah. like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, whose perspective are we seeing here? Are we seeing what exactly Mima right. sees? Are we seeing Rumi's delusion right now? Is this well, a shared delusion? The, the last line of the movie. <laughs> it's fucking weird shit. Yeah, yeah. But they were like, oh, she would, why is she here? Yeah. You know? It's like, well, I'm real. Yeah. Or whatever she says. And it's like, no, and it's I'm like, real. it's almost like, like, uh, I don't know, like sitcom, like, wink at the camera kind yeah, of yeah. Kind of <laughs> hard, very, hard, hard very cut to credit. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Um, but yeah, but that's, that's definitely really, really wild. And yeah, I'll um, have to rewatch it. Uh, um, because I definitely, yeah, I was definitely, I don't, Really, I mean, you're not really supposed to. <laughs> the first time you watch it, like, it's very disorienting, you know, destabilizing. I, I, feel, like, I feel like I only but, really figured it out, or, you know, figured it out as much as I could have uh, when, I, when I rewatched it. Because I don't, I didn't remember her being the the real yeah. killer uh, by, yeah, by cool. the, the first time I saw it. You know what was also a lot of the end? It was an enemy. Yes. Awesome doppelganger movie. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That also has like very like what's real, what's not real. You know, um, and that's what makes people you know fascinated by that movie to this day. You know. Right. Analysis. What's real? What's not? Why is there a giant spider at the end? Yeah. <laughs> what is the key mean? You know. And those movies are really fun. Right, like, like those movies like that, and even like Purple Blue is like kind of in that kind of you know these psychological mystery like thrillers that people love to 
you know, kind of like dissect and like decode, you know. Yeah. Um, and but at the same time, though, it's very entertaining. Yeah. And very engaging. Even though you don't quite know, like, that's very Lynchian to me. Yeah. Also, where. Yes. Um, well, hold on, John. I don't fucking know. I mean, I have a triple case. I, I don't know what the blue box is. Yeah. I don't fucking know. I have interpretations. <laughs> but there's no answer, man. It's all for you to kind of piece together, and I think there's enough there where you can actually have an answer. Sometimes, you know, when it doesn't work, you're like, I don't even That was not know. enjoyable. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but for some people, it could. You know, that's the fascinating part. Um, but, um... Yeah, another, another thing I'm, I was just thinking about that this movie feels like to me is that it, it makes me think of the real life experience of when uh, people talk about being addicts and losing years of your life right this is kind of yeah. like what i would imagine the their perceptives of that time that they lose to the addiction would feel like you know you just see like totally. these circles and you kind of lose which that's kind of like a more of a grounded nature of this film compared to his other films which um yeah. kind of they get more lynchian i would say in surreal. terms of, yeah they get more surreal more, yeah, and they right. take uh more abstract leaps in how they're blending stuff but right. this film kind of right. has that um sort of well it has that psychological horror aspect to it's it gra- it's, it's grounded, it's grounded you know? in her yeah, right. psychological disturbed uh experience you know, of her life you know there's things that you, that's that's what i mean like it's worse right you have to give the audience like something to hold on to you know that she's a pop star that's her to be an actress you know you know these things right um that keep you grounded to like the character you yeah. know and that's what kind of makes the movie work you, you know, know? I, I, there was there was another moment that was really destabilizing <laughs> to me when yeah. uh so it was the scene where um it was the scene where they were shooting a scene in Double Bind, the movie, the fake movie that was being shot within <laughs> the movie. And I like the part where they're like, that shit was lame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. But um, the, the, the moment where Mima's presenting a dialogue and they're doing an explanation and the way that they shoot it in the Double oh, Bind, yeah. as they say, yeah. it was they made it seem like that what we had seen was the movie and that the movie was <laughs> yeah. real. And I yeah. was like, oh, fuck, this is, that oh, awesome, oh yeah. fuck. And then they kind of switch back. So cool. And it's just this weird moment where the names just get switched, you know? Like, maybe yeah, it's just in yeah. Mima's head. But, like, I loved touches like that, that are really scattered cool. throughout the movie where it's yes, it's moved yeah. in a very logic, but you switch a piece. So it's like, wait, did yeah. I hear that right? Did I make that right. up? Am I misunderstanding yeah. this thing? Is this supposed to be, uh-huh. is this an incon, is this a, like, uh, yeah, right. a continuity awesome, error yeah. or what? Yeah. Um. So I loved cool. flares like that were uh just Clark the Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Kinda. laughs> yeah. I mean, I do. I, I do think of um, you know, uh, Nolan's sort of how he kind of pieces things together and for sure, uh, yeah, uh, totally, Inception yeah. and Paprika are the other two films that are frequently compared. Yeah, but Nolan said, like, I like this movie. Yes, yes. He admitted to it. <laughs> he coughed, <laughs> coughed it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I go, I'm fascinated to see that because, uh, um, You'd like Paprika. I think, I think Inception is like, um, I don't want to go on a tangent. I think it's probably most overrated movie. Either that or or Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Inception just doesn't get weird enough. Yeah, I think it's too. 
That whole movie looks fucking gnarly, okay? <laughs> that right. whole movie is them exploding the fucking movie to you. Uh, it is. Yeah. That's what it is. It's true. Like, you don't, you don't, like, I don't care. <laughs> when you first see it, you're like, whoa, it's a cool concept. But then when you watch it, like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I know how this works. Yeah. You know? That's what I love about Tenet. Kind of, they don't even tell you what the fuck is going. It's just like, <laughs> it's just a ride. It's yeah. like, oh, he's bad, he's evil. Oh, well, that was cool. It's like, that's all I need. I don't need to explain the inner workings of this foofy, goofy-ass sci-fi plot. Like, yeah. don't bog the movie down. Yeah. Like, let's have some fun. So, pa- Paprika's kind of... Because learned that, obviously. Yeah. Anyway, Paprika, but... Paprika's kind of um, takes... I like Paprika a lot because it kind of takes the route of an... I mean, it takes the same going into dreams route and takes a much more surreal animated approach. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And yeah, there's heard. no explanation, which is hard the first time you're watching it, but once you get adjusted to it, you kind of start yeah, start piecing it together. Don't go want to make a movie that people can rewatch. Yeah. Don't make a movie where you watch it one time and say, oh, that's cool. And then you rewatch it, like, oh. Yeah. Boring as fuck. That, that, speaking of paprika, that, anyway. <laughs> that, make, that gets me at another point that I was thinking a lot about with Perfect Blue because uh, yeah. I was really surprised how low budget this film actually was. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you, like, yeah, there's like weird. Um, well, I read that the reason that this is like they were going to shoot a live action movie and then one of the financers pulled out and then they were like, Interesting. all right, we got to make it animated. Yeah. So it was like a second. That was like the second thing that they were gonna do. That's really and interesting. That's how it was fascinating. Yeah. So they did not have something to do with it. Yeah, it's, you know? it was, it, and you can tell. I was noticing that because compared to like Paprika and Millennium Actress, the films I've seen, uh, yeah. those films are just crazily animated. They are abs- right, they're right. absurd. They're mind-boggling animation. Right. Um, so you probably don't have as much time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I felt what I was also really impressed with is that it doesn't feel like a step down in quality compared to those two movies at, yeah. uh, at all for yeah, me. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it looks great. It's like, there's nothing that, like, takes away from, I mean, the story of it, right? I mean, it does, like, I, I can see this being like, yeah, I can see this, like, being on TV. Like, you said that it was, like, a, almost a straight DVD. Yeah. Movie. And I can totally see that. Right. right? I mean, the, the colors are very muted. Um, there's very, like, little, you know, detail in a lot of it. Um, but it doesn't matter, though. I mean, it's, it's still so uh, well edited and well shot. Like, everything about it is very great. It's just, you know, it's not just have the detail, you know, not a, not a no okay. Right. How many years did they have to do that? Right, yeah. right, right. The, yeah, like, the, the, the other, the other, I think the thing about this film is that he chose his battles excellently because exactly, he, he didn't right, animate right. what didn't have to be animated and he made up for it with phenomenal compositions. This, exactly, this is right. amazing cinematography. Just, it's just stunning. Yeah. That's because he's a manga artist and he knows the composition. He's a master of composition. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing I thought was really interesting about this film is that when you Millennium Actress and Paprika are really interesting because the environments have crazy animation quality to it. Uh, Perfect Blue yeah. is basically just character animation. There's not right, a huge right. amount of environmental animation For going sure, on, yeah. which makes a lot of sense because it was it was well, so tight. I, I feel like an attitude though. I agree. It was like a character. I a hundred percent agree. Movie. I, I think that the simplicity. You, know? you and, don't want to be distracted. 
boggle background. Yeah. And I think that for his other movies, it serves that idea perfectly to do that type of stuff. But for this, I was really, I really loved how a lot of it was just focusing on, I mean, just like, like something, it feels like, like Silence of the Lambs. Why Silence of the Lambs is good. It's not like for a lot of crazy special effects. It's just like crazy good storytelling, awesome shots, you know, great editing and stuff like that. Um, but not, you know, simple, simple stuff like that. Um, but there was also like, like for me, there was some visually like jaw dropping moments. I mean, the chase scene that for happens sure. at the end, that, that chase scene. I mean, when he, when he kills the, uh, the screenwriter, I fucking love that. Yeah. Like so, in front yeah. of the screen and stuff. And he's yeah, like, that, was, awesome, that was the scene I was going to bring up. Cause that, striking. that was incredibly striking, which is again, that was a lot more visual striking than the majority of it. I agree. You know, you see that, like, oh my God. Like, whoa, that was way different. Than, and, you know, and that stood out in a really compelling story way too, you know, because sure, that, yeah, was, yeah, that was, that I mean, was the yeah, moment yeah. where it kind of made you question it of like, yeah right is she the yeah. killer this whole time right um, the reality starts to blend yeah or blur kind of there yeah you know? I, I i i i i i love that i thought that that um, yeah, really cool. so yeah so i was i was just i was just really really surprised by how primitive and simple the animation yeah. was but how yeah, was uh, how big of an effect it gets by the by the end of it but uh he totally. he really goes wacky with his other films he he yeah. he goes a lot crazier with his That's animation cool. after it in a great in a great way. Um, but yeah, um, the other thing I really want to mention, I thought the music in this movie was fucking awesome. Hard agree. I thought it was hard agree. So cool. And I'm gonna sample some of this. Hell shit. yes, yes. They, I don't know what they were using, like the the choir. And like the pa- like the synth pads and like the sounds they're using were insane. I agree. And they were so palpable and cool and striking. Um, and also there's a lot of like wacky sound design in this movie. Like when she sees the stalker, like out and you just hear this like wild static that is so fucking loud. That was really really effective. Yeah. Um, I, I think really cool sound design and music in it also. I think that that's I think that that's part of another strategy of why the simplicity of like the animation, the limited budget, uh-huh, the, the yeah, music sure. makes it right, feel right, right. huge. I wrote I wrote it adds a lot. It really I, I really um, agree. Like there's one uh like like there's a theme like this motif that kind of returns. Uh, yeah, it's like this yeah, looping like choir. Yeah. Um loop. Yeah, I fucking love and that. And some kind of I kept hearing that I was like, dude, if you put a fucking you know, beat under that, it's crazy. Yeah. Cold blood look like a cold blooded trap fucking loop <laughs> to make that shit. There's some <laughs> there's also some Quarter qualities. Savage type loop. <laughs> <laughs> there's some there's some qualities of it too that kind of makes me think of, of what the shining's doing. Where rather than like uh, totally, melodic yeah, yeah. themes, it's more like crazy textures that express yes, the feelings exactly, of it, yeah. um, right. which is uh, mad compelling to me. I, I think totally, that that yeah. really that really worked for me too. I love yeah, that, that type of music in the movie could really fall out of place. Yeah, um, but also like if you do it correctly, um, it could be awesome because you know there's. There's different types of, like, how, obviously, like, how you can use, like, music and score yes. in a film. 
you know, like a new score. I mean, look at like, you know, you talk about Jackie Brown, not that long ago, that movie doesn't have a score. It right. has a soundtrack, uh, which gives it that unique feeling. But a score, like, you look at a Spielberg movie, for example, and the work of, like, John Williams and Spielberg. Right. You know, the, the music in, the, in, the, in Jurassic Park, for example, is amazing because it's like, you know, it sets this incredible stage and has these amazing themes and melodies that you can, like, recall. And it just, like, enhances a scene so greatly, you know, with, like, music like that. Um, but for, like, a movie like The Shining, you know, he's trying to, like, disorient you. Yeah. The whole movie is, like, literally about a guy going insane and, like, disorienting you in a way. And so, like, for if a, a movie like The Shining, for example, and I'm sure it exists out there, had, like, some temp music to it, like, normal kind of horror movie score, you know, that was, like, going on at that time, like, um... I was, it, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work as well. No, I agree. Because of like the music adds and sound design can add. I mean, that can really make or break, you know, the tone of your movie. Um, and like this movie, like nailed it perfectly. Like the score was so fucking cool and perfect, and it had these cool textures. But it was also like there was like a melody in it, but it was very like off kilter, very odd. Um, like that choral kind of passage that they're like looping and like using was so yeah so weird I 100% you know? agree it's it's kind of a it's an amazing phenomenon that I'm totally obsessed with about finding music and video that fits like that totally. fits well yeah, together yeah, because yeah. Really, that's a whole job yeah I mean that's like that's a whole job it, it, that, um, it's, Hollywood. it's hard to get that fit because the interesting thing is that you can take any video and you can put music to it and get an effect right it always has some kind of effect sure, one yeah, way yeah. one way or another the real hard process is deciding is that an effect that I want it, so or is that, that, we want. Is that yeah. the effect yeah. that it needs? And it's like, well, how do you answer a question like that? How can it need right. anything? But that's kind of what it feels like in like in like this instance or The Shining. It's like, wow, that was exactly what it needed to be yeah. as compelling as as it is. But also, like, it's just like I mean, the person who did the music on The Shining, like, what a fucking insane genius. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you be like. Here's what we're gonna do here. It's kind of really music. Yeah. It's kind of it is music, but it's like so atonal and, and yeah, wacky. Atonal music. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like uh, and it like when you listen to it, it like gives it. It is a it's unsettling. Yeah. Just listening to the sound of music, you're like this is like I feel like I'm gonna get murdered. Yeah. Right now, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like that's a whole. That's why you know composers and music supervisors they're fucking they're awesome geniuses. Yeah. You know, only so many people you bring you write a movie or you make a movie and you're the director and you're like, well, I'm not a musician, but I mean, <laughs> you know, I want to have you know a great. A uh, composer like Hans Zimmer, for example, to like look at a movie like Doom and look at it and like what the film is and knows the world. I'm gonna even allude and then talk, I'm sure, for fucking yeah. hours and hours and hours about what the world and the tone of it. And then Hans Zimmer goes, okay, I get the tone. 
now I'm gonna find the sounds, you know, that like fit this tone. And he like, I just think of the choir and like the like almost like he put this like choir for like this like what like a synthesizer it sounds like. But it like when you see like the sleeping socks of the rackets and you hear the fucking booming bass and that fucking wacky like tribal like yeah you know like choir you're like oh my i am in it i am in this fucking world i am fucking i get it you know and uh that's like fucking insanely hard to do right like fucking crazy and i think that animation might have um sometimes i think film might have a little bit more flexibility getting away with like functional soundtrack and sound design but animation 100%. especially with yeah. sound design because it has to be invented yeah, right, right, it's right. it has a particular yeah. importance to it in animation that's uh yeah uh it just really point. needs a lot of attention i think um yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, because but but when it's done right, I I, I think it's some of the most. Akira is another example. Right of like, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. The music's awesome. Right yeah, Ratatouille right slaps. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Pick up. I hear that Larry. I hear that loser from that long cause. I cry. Yeah. I hear the loser. Yeah. That, and uh, Pixar has more of like the light motif kind of approach to it which yeah. is well, totally, absolutely, yeah. extremely absolutely. effective i love that that's yeah. not that's not totally. you don't have to be experimental we to make some amazing before, stuff I feel like that it's so wild that that, like, that type of scoring and shit is kind of like a like got away mm-hmm. like it's kind of interesting um and i don't really know what that is i mean i couldn't even think of the last like well i really like the oppenheimer score and i really liked the the doom score i'm just thinking of like scores that like actually like stand yeah. out to me, well one of the things know? one of the things i think about this is definitely a, a tangent but well it's, it but like one of the phenomena of that i wonder is that the 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 breed of like a composer who composes stuff like that like for yeah, an orchestra right. oh uh spider-verse that has really awesome music too. yes that guy's fucking cool so um yeah. but that's that's i'm not sure if there's going to be a lot of people in a younger generation to fill in those those shoes like i hope yeah. i hope there is i hope that we kind of rediscover that guy's uh, young. Uh, the the spider-verse movies, who's young. yeah which is cool it's just i think it's i think it's just because we have with music there's just this technological excitement of like so many new ways uh-huh. and accessibility accessibilities to do it that you will think that's more exciting though right when you have like all these new ways to do shit now you know um but i don't know i i, 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 I really it's weird i feel like it will come so, it has to come back around because it's just i mean you think about like lord of the rings uh yeah, right. the lord of the rings star wars shit like that yeah. like the, the written scores and and People love that shit. The it's amazing. That stand out. Yeah. You know, that like stand out that makes you want to. I think the best scores are like when you hear just the music, you can picture the scene, right? You can picture the scene or you can picture. Yeah, agreed. And when you hear the Black of the Future music, you picture the Twin Pines fucking ball. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, you're back you in pi- there. You picture. <laughs> you can, yeah, I'm just back in that moment. I'm watching the whole scene in my fucking head. Yeah. You know? Um, Star Wars. I mean, I don't even have to explain it. <laughs> um, you know, like the Yoda's theme. Yeah. Like well, I want fucking Dagoma. Yeah. Fucking kidding me? I'm here. You know. Um, and 
yeah, when that shit comes, all comes together, I just, like, get a big-ass boner. And, yeah, the reason is, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> losing this is awesome. Yeah. And also, I love when, like, needle dropping, like, perfect needle, and you were talking about with Jackie Brown. Mm-hmm. Just, like, incredible needle dropping. And it's all bottoms. It's like a new comedy mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. like Gen Z comedy that just came yeah. out. Yeah, that has an absurdly hilarious needle drop in it. Um, but I was like, that is, I can't believe it took this long for a for a movie uh, to, to use the song in the way that it, that it does. Yeah, but it's just like. Um, that excites me too, because that's hard to sit too and pick the right song. Because you think about also how crazy that is too, because sometimes you can't get the rights. Yeah. So like you have like, you're like, oh my god, this fucking Rolling Stone song is perfect in this scene. You're like, oh my god, this is absolutely perfect. And then the Rolling Stones go, no. Nope. Oh. Yeah, it won't do it. Fuck, yeah. And you have to go. Buy the new one. <laughs> or try to remake you know? it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the job of a music supervisor. You know, it's like they are, that's their job is to find, you know, perfect soundtrack music or hire, like, in the case of Barbie, for example, like, hiring people like Lizzo and, and like, you know, Dua Lipa to, like, make the music, yeah. the soundtrack music for, you know, it's, it's a whole... Well, I'd love to talk to a music supervisor. I think that would be fascinating. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, 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 so it's, it's like the unseen, uh, a kind of an yeah, unseen totally. factor of it, but uh, music just, music and sound just play such a huge, huge, huge role. I, I really think about that also with like going to the theater. I really feel like more so yeah. than the bigger oh, screen, totally. it's the big sound you, yeah. of the movie theater yeah, that makes I it feel agree. so fucking cinematic. Listen, dude, when I saw. What was it? Um, oh, well, I went and saw Oppenheimer the second time, and this is like kind of a tangent, but I don't know what was going on in this theater. They were like, they cranked up the volume <laughs> as loud as they possibly could. Bro, it was me, our buddies Nathan, and Sean. And I, I had, I, I, took my hearing aid off what? it was that loud whoa and like i could hear everything bro the trinity test <laughs> but i i haven't laughed that hard in a movie theater in forever when the bomb came off we were dying because it was it sounded like a bomb like oh a bomb went off and like the fucking it was shaking and so it was crazy um so that was an example that like completely detracted from it was so too much yeah too much that it was absurd <laughs> like, like what's crazy about all power is it's just people talking in rooms for like three hours and the dialogue is just so it's like peaking oh it was, it was fucking funny so oh that's that's um, funny anyway uh but yeah i agree with you like the more of the screen, like, I think the music is, like, really, really adds to it, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, I think, I think that's the end of this. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the end of this. I'm done talking to you. <laughs> no more uh, of this. Cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm really glad. Yeah, awesome dude. Very cool, man. I, I'm really I'm, uh, I'm glad you're getting introduced to Satoshi Kon. He's a really awesome, awesome yeah. director. You should watch all of his other movies. As I'm excited to watch more of these classic, you know, anime films. Yeah. Um, um, 
I, I I'm getting more into them myself recently because I just I mean I love anime shows but anime movies are cool right. because they have higher yeah. animation budgets and yeah, right, the, right, right, right. the Japanese right. know how to well, animate cool shit. They sure fucking Studios like Illumination are like, all right, what are we doing? Sing three. Yeah. We have five monks. <laughs> Let's make the stupidest movie we possibly oh, can make. Oh, yeah. And the other thing that's cool about Perfect <laughs> Blue that might also be, that's an adjustment for American audience and just anime movies in general, is that uh, oh, they're fucking... for adults too, right? Yeah, like, right. 2D... Yeah, well, that's, that's about nudity, violence. Like, it's pretty wild. I, I actually think, I'm trying to think. Um, I think this might be the most, like, fucked up anime to do there, Yeah. In terms of, like, the content in it. And I'm trying to think, like... It's this, but this, this would probably be a hard R, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, there's, like, another pretty fucked up anime to do. Oh, well, Akira's pretty fucked up. Yeah. That's more, like, just violence. This has, like, sexual violence and, um, it's fucking... So yeah, so that's yeah. that's another thing I, I love about anime is is getting yeah, that fix of yeah. of because American animation cool. does not fund uh, shit like this. Yeah. They just don't yeah. do it, especially not in two D. Well, they do. It's 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 like it's uh yeah that's true. If they do, it's like usually on two D. Yes, right, or, right. But or a streaming service or something like like Love and Death and Robots, for example. Right, like a pretty interesting, you know, animated uh. Uh, anthology show. Right, which um, I, I love I love shit but, like that. But like um yeah, awesome, yeah, move feature cool. length shit, you know, that I get my fix but through it's anime. Not just that, it's not just, it's also the uh, uh, emotional uh like they they're willing to go like they make dark stories <laughs> yeah, also. It's yeah. not just like it's not just like honest to God, I mean like the adult animated things in America are primarily Comedies or like Roxy or something. True. You know? Yes. You never see like you'll never see like a Green of the Fireflies, which is legitimately one of the most distressing movies I've ever seen in my life. Right. It just happens to be animated. Right. You know what I mean? It's not violent. It's not. It's just emotionally devastating. Yeah. You know. And not to say, you know, it's just they they they're willing to even tell like dark stories like that. Right. You know. Right. And Pixar. It's there, kind of, but it's still, like, sanitized in a way. You know, Japan is, like, they don't, they don't care right. about that. Well, the, you know? I think a big difference in terms of culture, too, is that animation, it's just that it's seen as a medium for that adults will watch, right, you know? Right. They make it exactly, for kids, right. but they also make it for adults. They're, they're, they just... It's a good, yeah, that's a good thing to end on, I think. And also, Guillermo del Toro, who introduced Hayao Miyazaki's that, you know, his latest film at Tiff, and I saw a quote that he's, you know, that he's been saying is basically, um, you know, exactly that. Animation is a, is an art form. It's not a, it's not a genre. Yeah. You know? Um, and I love that. I absolutely love that, you know, because it, it is so artful and, and almost a different medium in a way, you know? Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it, just reading it, got me curious because you know he's paying a lot to Kyle Miyazaki who's one of the greatest one of the greatest artists <laughs> of all time yeah. 
um, it is really, really incredible, and I've heard that it is, I mean, I got shocked when I heard it's unbelievable. Right? I can't, um, I can't, but, on, on, on the boy and the heron, I was planning on not watching anything, but I watched the teaser. I, the teaser? I have Pretty not amazing, right? been so? this physically excited for a movie, I don't think ever in my entire life. You know what also made me laugh? Because when we were talking about it before, you we were like, I don't think this is going to be his last movie, like he's going to make another one. Yeah. And he, yeah, you're right. He came out and was like, yeah, I'm working on another one. Yeah, dude, if you... But he's 82. Yeah. So hopefully, I don't know, hopefully he'll make it. I mean, you look, so you if it. you look at, if you look at anything about, like, who, the kind of person, like, documentary stuff about him, he's the right, kind of guy right. who literally cannot survive. I think if he wasn't making a movie, yeah. he would get so, de- he would get suicidal. Like, I seriously think that his health yeah. would be in danger if he wasn't making a movie. Yeah. Uh, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's a, he's a nuts. He's, 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 it's what, it's what he does. It's what he does. Yeah, and God right. bless him for doing it. Um, totally. but yeah, animation's an art form. I'm ex- perfect blue <laughs> sick. The boy in the hair yeah, and I'm really excited cool. for. <laughs> yeah, December, baby. Yes. December. Um, uh, I think so. I think in America. Uh, yeah, December 8th. Yeah. I have it on my whiteboard. I look at it every <laughs> single day. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, um, okay, time for the shuffle. You're like me with, uh, I don't know. I got a little exciting for the movie right now. How sad is that? It's a bad way to be, my friend. I got well, I mean, I'm excited for the boy the hair, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But it's not on my calendar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great feeling. I have one of those right now. Well, I'm very excited to see Killer from the Flower Moon. Very Oh, that's true. That. That's, that's, that's very hype. That's very hype. That guy, Scorsese, I'm excited about that movie. Yeah, he's... I'm going to plot myself out and watch a three and a half hour movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. I don't it. care, man. I'll do it for Give this snapper. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, this is young guy. I'm a guy. Uh, the first four movies that we have to choose from are uh, Manhunter. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I think we got another Michael Mann. Michael Mann. Yes, and this is the... You know is? This is the prequel to Silence of the Lambs, the story. This is, like, about the book that was... Well, I don't really know. Hannibal Lecter's in it. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's one of the, I think it is the first adaptation of whatever that fucking is there like a series of books? Yes. Or something with Hannibal Lecter? Yes. Okay. Yes, I think so. I don't really know much about the history. That's a cool movie. Yeah. Okay. Cool movie. So we have Manhunter, which is pretty appealing because we kind of I have enjoyed getting exposed to Michael Mann more. Mm-hmm. I think that this sure. it's my He's got a movie coming out too. Ferrari. Cool. Comes out uh I think I've seen Manhunter a really long time ago, but uh I don't remember it at all. Um the next cool. one is Vivarium. Um which is oh, yeah. a 2019 film with uh Jesse Eisenberg. Eisenberg. Um I, I just saw trailers for it. This was when we were in college, and I was just really wanted to be in the loop for all the new shit that was coming out. It seemed to try really to, wacky. Um, really, really wacky. Yeah, and it seemed like one of those potentially really cool films that I haven't really heard a lot of buzz about one way or another, and I just yeah. never got around to watching it. Uh, uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves with uh, Kevin Costner. Costner. Yeah, with Kevin Costner. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think I just want to see that movie. That's uh, pretty funny. Never, I'll never see that movie. And then Ride Your Wave, which is an anime. Oh, okay. 
uh, about a surf-loving college student who has just moved to a small seaside town. I don't know where I picked this up from. Sick. It must have just been... Do they surf in Japan? What? Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah. they must be. They're surf- I've never seen a lot of... No, no, yeah, I don't no, see just, footage of uh, it, but they, they got it. I guess yeah. they're on an island. Yeah, they got waves all over the place. Yeah, they're um, yeah, they're lost. Well... Uh, <laughs> let's do let's do Manhunter and let's continue the Michael Mann uh-huh. uh, experiencing his of war. Manhunter right. next week. We got this far. Thanks for listening. Um, the movie quest is online. Online. Thriving. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs>